0: URC Youth Trilog. Free people, free questions, free values.
1: Hello and welcome to URC Youth Trilog. My name's Tom and I'll be your host for um, today's episode and we're going to be focusing on the theme of community. As always, we've got um, a range of panelists who are going to be sharing about their experiences. Um, for us this evening and I'd like to ask our panellists to introduce themselves now so um, Katie could you introduce yourself please.
2: Uh, my name Katie Ollerenshaw I am currently training at Luther King House in Manchester as a church-related community work minister that's CRCW and I won't say the whole word for the rest of it.
1: Okay thanks Katie and um, Maddie and Jack.
3: Hi, uh, I'm Maddie. I'm a couple of years out of uni, but I'm about to start training as a PE teacher in Bath. Um,
0: Uh, Hi, I'm Jack. Um, I finished uni last year and I'm currently um, here on Iona volunteering with the Iona community.
4: My name's Saz. I'm in the Wessex Synod. Um, I'm an ex member of the Fiori, so that's fellowship for united reformed youth and being involved with youth and children's work within the urc um, so it's a, a blast okay
1: thank you welcome to all of our panelists this evening and welcome to everybody who's watching at home whether you're watching live or watching or listening back at a later date welcome and um, we are really looking forward to this discussion remember that as always if you're watching live you're able to get involved by sending in your comments and questions for the panelists so this is your program we'd love to hear your thoughts and questions and you can do that the instructions are on your screen now you can do that via slido follow the instructions at the bottom of your screen and we'd love to bring in as much of your questions for our panelists um, during tonight's episode so we're going to start with a short prayer before we begin our discussion this evening let us pray Dear Lord, we give thanks that we're able to meet this evening to have a conversation about community. We give thanks for all of our panellists this evening and we ask that um, your spirit will guide our conversations and be with each of our panellists as they share about their experiences. We hope that it will be a fruitful conversation, that we will learn more from each other and be able to learn more about the theme of community and what it means to live together in community. Amen okay so um, we're going to get started we sent some questions um to our panelists before this tonight's episode um but remember we also want your questions as well that you can send in so the first question we had was starting off by saying what does the term community mean to you um so i'd like to invite our panelists to share about that and tell us a little bit about what it means to them and their experiences of being involved in a community so um, I'll invite Saz, could you share your thoughts on that, please?
4: Community is important for me because it's bringing people together of all faiths and new faiths. And we have something in common, which is to love and respect each other as a nation for the common good. Um, I was very fortunate to be involved with Mission House in the Netherlands for 10 months um, and that was very um, community um, orientated with different volunteers around Europe coming together and then working with other other organizations, charities within the city, within communities again.
1: Okay, thanks, Saz. Thank you for sharing that and um maddie and jack could you share a little bit about what it means to you and your experiences
0: um yes yeah, so i um the community that i'm kind of part of at the moment um one of them is the resident community here on iona at the abbey and um, with the iona community but i'm also part of the young adults group with the iona community which is a dispersed group uh throughout the, the country so it's kind of being part of a community that's very present and physically here and we do things together and in sort of the shared life and shared tasks and common life we build community that way whilst also building community in a dispersed way through conversation and idea sharing so they're kind of the two ways that I sort of experience community mm. thank you Maddie
3: so for me I'm also involved in both of those types of community um, but the the kind of term community for me means kind of a group of people either dispersed or in person together that share kind of similar ideals and values whether that be religious or like it doesn't have to be related faith-based or spiritual or um, like economical things like that um, a passion for climate justice like Anything to do with that? Similar ideals and values that kind of work together and learn with each other, um, and like just talk and communicate as a group together.
1: Okay, thank you. Thanks for sharing that, and
2: Katie. I really like what you, what you what you've all said so far, Maddie and Jack, especially differentiating the the local and then the dispersed um communities. And and I agree. For me, a community is any space, virtual physical where people are like sharing mutual support and care and interest whether it's organized around something like shared values and beliefs or uh, experiences oppression interests geography and it can be long-term or fleeting I think this is something we always forget well like a community can exist for a really short space of time and still be just as valid as one with a lot of longevity Um, and I think we see that especially in places like URC youth where they come together as a worshipping community for a very short spaces of time, but it has a long-term impact. I think that's really important that we recognise that when we talk about community. Okay, thank you. Is there anything
1: else that stood out for people listening to each other and perhaps kind of common things, common threads that you wanted to pick on or anything that you, you wanted to come back to each other on from what you heard as well? Or any questions for each other? Okay, I'm so in- go ahead, go Katie.
2: I was gonna say, what's like the weirdest community you've been part of, like the the most niche? Like I'm part of a few <laughs> gaming communities, and they're really niche, and but really still very good and very supportive communities. Mm.
1: What are people's
4: thoughts on that? It's definitely unique. <laughs>
1: And you said about Mission House, uh, Saz, what, and you mentioned how there was people from different countries, what was the kind of makeup of, of your group? Did there anything that you learned from, from being with different people from
4: different countries? Um, so the Mission House residents um, varied from Europe. So we had two from the UK, one of the the um, Netherlands and that was the house leader. We had Hungary, Belgium, Germany, Austria. I think that's all of them. Um, And so two of them from the UK was URC. The Dutch leader was Evangelical Free Church and then the rest of them were all Catholics. So Mm -hmm. It was interesting and enriching for me to have different denominations and different community styles. You um, we were recommended to go to church um, each Sunday, and I took um, advantage of doing that. So um, I tended to go to two Catholic churches Saturday evening, which was very popular for tourists because it was non um, for uh, foreigners, um, tourists, and it was all spoken in English. Sunday mornings was that was full on mass, all incense, all in Dutch, um, and then Sunday evenings was hill songs, so it was obviously all in English, and there was Dutch subtitles. So different communities. Um, I was more into community of the Hillsong uh, with different groups. And also my mentor was actually um, a congregant that went there. So it was, for me, I could uh, get more involved with Hillsong. Mm -hmm. So it is, yeah, amazing.
1: So lots of different experiences. And even within that year, it sounds like you had, again, lots of different communities that you were part of during that time as well so Maddie and Jack is there what what is your experience of being in Iona what would like a tip well what what would a typical week in Iona be like if there is such a thing as typical
3: Um, so we're staying um at the Iona community abbey um so each week kind of follows a similar pattern with guests arriving and they come to live in community together um, with shared meal times usually food preparation and chores and things like that but we can't do that currently um but so each day follows a similar pattern of um like meal times worship we do worship in the morning and the evening and then meal times um and the guests have Uh, like a programme session um, most days, at least once a day. Um, And then for us as volunteers and residents, our communities like flip, like they change every week because a new set of guests come in. So they come in on Saturdays and then leave on Fridays. So you have this really short space of time Mm -hmm. where you're getting to know a new group of people. But at the same time, it's so intimate because we share meal times with them and we're in the same building and things like that and it's it's a strange like vibe i guess because you get to know people so well and then they just go away
0: yeah the, the same happens with um the volunteers so we're, we're not all here for the same length of time so uh, like this week we've had two staff members who come to the end of their volunteering time and they've left but new people have come so We've kind of got the guest community that we engage with and welcome in, but then we've also got different volunteers who come and go. So it's kind of always changing, which is good as with new people coming in. But at the same time, yeah, it's it's quite quite more dynamic.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting to hear about, yeah, that you must have lots of different people coming in and the differences in that meeting, different people. But like Maddie, when you said about that common thread, there's still that common link of people being on Iona and being part of that community. So there's still um, that wider sense of being part of that community, even though you might, um, you might not be there at the same time, you've still got that common um, connection as well. And Katie, can, it'd be good to hear a little bit more about um, CRCW church related community work and what that involves in, um, as well in your role as a CRCW. It's a big
2: question. Uh, so CRCWs are attached to specific projects, so it might be a project working with refugees or a project working with an aging community. Um, but it's never just with that project because communities aren't necessarily so it's singular. They're not an island; they connect with all of the spaces around them and things. Um, one of my placement supervisors and I um, joke that all we do is have a lot of conversations but they're always meaningful and they always lead to action. Um, and I, I really like that you brought um, meal sharing, Maddie, because that is one of the most uh, form, forming ways that we seem to be building community with people, is always around sharing food and that time and space where you can be vulnerable and, and also care for others. Um, like I said, it's a really big question, but part of it is about the relationship between church and community. And so often we can think of community being what's outside of our churches Mm -hmm. and them being separate spaces. Whereas with the CRCWs, we have to really say, no, we're the same space with the same people. Um, But for some reason, because we use this space at different times, we don't think of ourselves as being a shared community. And we're trying to bridge that gap a lot of the time, which is important and good and so fulfilling when it works.
1: Great. It's been good to yeah, here, just a little snapshot about your different experiences as well. And um, for those who are listening as well, it would be great if you have any experiences as well of what community means to you and your thoughts, um, feel free to share to send them in and we will feed them into the conversation and any questions as well, use Slido and we'd love to hear from you as well. Um, so the second question we sent out to our panelists in advance was thinking about a Bible passage that they connect with personally, Um, in relation to the topic of community. So we have invited them to think about a passage and to choose one and share why um, they chose that passage. Um, So who would like to start us off um, in sharing that? Saz, do you want to go ahead?
4: Yeah, um, that was a hard question because there's so many stories within the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, Two came up uh, to mind, one in the New Testament, and that was Jesus sitting with or having dinner with um, sinners and tax collectors. And that's one of my favourite stories in the New Testament um, because of Jesus' actions. He basically, he accepted the tax taxpayers, the tax collectors, and also the sinners, accepted them for who they are Mm -hmm. and respected them. And that's what God's love is for me. Um, And it's just such an honour, something special about that. And back to the Old Testament, there's another story very similar which is Abraham and Sarah accepting the three strangers in the desert into their tents and giving them food, so treating them like VIPs. And that's, again, showing God's love through action and accepting them for who they are. Um, they're the two main stories, and I think the other stories, the story of Moses, Exodus, there's lots of community um, events going on, but I won't go into it, but there's so many there.
1: No, thanks, as, as you said, there's lots that we can draw out. And again, you mentioned that story was about food, as we were saying before, and how food can be part of community as well and bringing people together. So thanks, As. Um, Maddie and Jack, would you like to share?
3: Yeah, so um, what I thought of, it's just one verse. Um, and it's Matthew 18 verse 20 which is for where two or three gather in my name there am I with them Um, and it kind of resonated with me because when I was at university I found it really difficult to find a church. Um, I'd come from a really small village church, my mum's a vicar so I just went where she went Um, and I really loved that community that I had there so then when I left I found it really difficult to find a similar place where I felt comfortable especially in a city surrounded by students um which is just so different to all the old people that came from my old church um so it kind of felt really difficult that was I still a Christian because I wasn't going to church and like I struggled quite a lot and then um me and my friend used to go to orchestra together and we both couldn't find a church so on the way back we made up we had Maddie and Laura church and it was just us two walking back with a violin and a cello um, and just kind of talking and doing a bit of prayer and like thinking and mm-hmm. um, things like that so it just even though there were only two of us we were still that little almost church community there and that verse kind of speaks that to me um, and made me feel really kind of calm and happy about what I was doing
1: okay thanks ready thanks for sharing that Um, jack do you have anything
3: to add
0: um i think for for me i'm just going to go for the overarching theme um of the importance of eating together um because i was quite stuck on what to say for this question um i don't i'm not very bible focused person and so i was talking to to annie who's also in YAG, and she was talking about how um how in sharing meals which is something jesus did a lot with his disciples and those around him um we're all very much on sort of an equal um level and like here we all eat, we all have the same food um and it's just that like radical hospitality and radical inclusion which you can take from meal times and extend into other areas um of our lives so i think i think for me that's kind of where i draw it from the importance of community being an inclusive space and also turning that into into action
1: okay great thank you katie
2: um yeah i found this difficult as well because like everybody else it's everywhere in the bible and, and i do feel like the overarching narrative of the bible as i read it is very much the story of a community going through so many struggles together and maintaining themselves and each other um but uh, there was a passage that basically haunted me through my calling and wouldn't leave me alone and has continued to do so through training. And I only just realized that it's actually listed as the believers form a community within my Bible, Um, but it's acts um, 42 to 47. And it's basically about the people, they sell the possessions, they eat together, they worship in each other's homes, they sell everything they have and they help the needy in their community, in their space and, and, they commit themselves to, to being a fully fledged community, completely reliant on each other. Um, so yay communism and yay community. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's it's a it's a really important passage for me because it's not just community, it's the early church. And for me, that's one of our building blocks for not just church, but for kingdom as well.
1: Great, thank you. Yeah, lots of really interesting responses there. And and so much, as you said, that we can pull out from. From looking at the bible and the examples there about it and as well so thank you for for sharing those um, too and again those that are, are watching it'd be great to hear what your thoughts are on that as well so do send them in um, we've had um, a question come in from our viewers as well so i'll share that now and invite you to respond so someone has asked us um how can communities deal with conflicts and disagreements whether internal or external so yeah when sometimes there's conflicts how how can we deal with them as a the community any thoughts
0: and one of um one of the things we have is we try to do is is uh presume good intentions which i think is really good when um conflicts arises and you're not quite sure where someone's coming from um and you know where there is community there will be conflict because we're all we're all different people with different viewpoints and conflict doesn't have to be a bad thing. Um, of course there are con- contexts where it's very bad um, but in terms of sort of disagreements um, it can you know promote different ways of thinking and trying to see the other person's viewpoint so I think it's it's approaching it in a way that's respectful of both sides or however many sides there are and just presuming good intentions and hoping that there's some way that you can resolve it. Okay, thanks, Jack. That's really interesting.
2: That's really good. Um, I'm going to plug the Luther King House for a second because we have a course, a module on handling conflict within the church and community. Um, and it is a really good module. <laughs> um, and, and you can do it externally. But apart from that, uh, it taught me many things. Um, and it's something that we do talk about throughout training, actually, is, is as Jack alluded to conflict is um, part of change it is inevitable when change happens and communities aren't static they are constantly transforming and growing and changing and if they don't that actually breeds more conflict because people need change um, for for them to grow and develop as individuals and it's important Um, but doing conflict well is different to just doing conflict Um, And sometimes it is good to say we acknowledge that this is painful and we acknowledge that this is difficult and not easy. Um, So let's talk about that. Let's be really, really upfront and really blunt and say this bothers me and it's difficult and I'm struggling with it. And be supportive with with people who are struggling, but do not stop what they are struggling against, because a lot of the time it is necessary, especially when you're dealing with it in communities. But sometimes it is struggle against power systems and that is something that will be a long-term struggle and a long-term conflict and needs to be done in a way that is holistic and healing as much as possible but is definitely necessary.
1: Okay thanks Katie. Saz do you have anything to add on on that? Yeah I
4: agree with all of you. Um, I think also to be compassionate to the person and knowledge the person's difficulty or their issue and if appropriate we can always pray for them um, and seek forgiveness um, and compassion for that person and set them for who they are and um, from each negative experience we can grow stronger uh, in our relationships with each other. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you. And thinking back to to Mission House, do you think there was a? So one of the things that I know they had in Mission House was like a weekly house meeting where people would discuss. Do you think that that played a part in in um, in helping to air issues and avoid and perhaps uh, dealing with conflicts?
4: Yes, definitely. I think having a weekly house group was, or in Mission House, a team meeting was really good. Events, mm-hmm. our issues or any concerns or any uh, good news um, within the community. Um, there was um, one occasion which was, I think it was a, basically a religious uh, conflict that some members were quite strong in their faith and some people were um I would say they weren't church regulars you know every week so you know once a month compared to twice a week um and I think there was conflict with beliefs um and it did have a impact on the house um but I think then um Venting it out and seeing other people's opinions, mm-hmm. um, we could see their views, why they said it. Um, and I think it did help by venting it out because we can just care for that person afterwards. And um, at the end of the day, we serve the same gods and the um, same creator, the same source of all things within this um universe and it's for the common good okay.
1: yeah thanks Saz. maybe did you have anything to add on on that question around conflict
3: mm-hmm. yeah i think similarly to you Saz, we here we have uh weekly meetings um where we kind of discuss how things have been during the week and um mm-hmm. what maybe improve and like bring up any negatives. And I think having that open conversation is like really useful um, so that the kind of, if there are any disagreements, they don't linger. And then as they linger, they get bigger and then they explode and then it's really hard to deal with. Um, So trying to kind of keep conversation really open and ongoing so that any little niggles can be dealt with as niggles and have that conversation. And another thing we have is, or we do in those meetings, is that we use I statements. So even though we're a community and we share a lot of kind of ideals and values and feelings, we're not the same person. We're all going to disagree on certain things. So conflict is kind of natural. Um, But we don't assume or presume that other people think the same as us. So when bringing up different things, we say I think rather than we think or, like, assuming that thing, which I I really like.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something I've heard some people use that when they've been in sessions where they've said encouraging people to to use those i statements and avoid things like, yeah, so that you're not grouping people together. So, like, when you hear, like, as a Christian, I believe, but then actually, like like we touched on earlier, there can be such a broad difference of different theologies of, people in the and not assuming what things would be for others as well.
2: yeah, I like that using I statements. Yeah, it's really good for keeping you in the first stage of conflict, so there's like four to five stages, and four and five are pretty much irretractable conflicts that will just lead to separation, um, and level one is where you are like, these are beginning to irritate me, and let's get that out in the open. Um, The thing about four and five, we often look at them in a really negative state as well when it comes to conflict. But we forget that part of the Christian story is resurrection after death and that sometimes conflict will lead to the end of what our community was. But that leaves room and growth for a brand new thing to occur. And I think that's one of the greatest and strongest points of Christian faith is resurrection not just in in ourselves and in jesus but in all aspects of our lives that we really need to embrace
1: Mm -hmm. okay thanks any other final thoughts on that one before we move on to some other questions okay um so we've had another question coming in around um rules in community so saying that all communities would have rules what would be your rules for community and if you had like a guideline or a rule for community what would you put in place
4: i'll start the ball rolling um i would say being compassionate um to respect um and acceptance, they remain the free for me at the moment.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks, Az. Anyone else have any thoughts on that? I
3: was also gonna say, uh, I think number one for me is respect and not just uh, people's kind of opinions and, Um, I don't know speech in conversation but especially if it's a live-in community like we live together um, and we've come from loads of different backgrounds so respect each other's like I don't know upbringings and like personalities and how they live um, and their kind of time and their belongings and everything just respecting everything
2: is great Mm okay thank you Respect is a good one. I I kind of flinched at first because the idea of me imposing a community's rules on them just kind of really (laughs) made me flinch and and cringe because communities build out of the uh, almost unspoken, sometimes set of agreed principles, and to then go in and say, "Well, these should be your rules on them," just kind of breaks the mold for me slightly. But yeah, it. But that comes out of of the first rule being respect. Really, respect for what is already in place, and and an agreement on how that is kind of conveyed. Another first rule in community development is empowerment as well though. So if you're going into a space, you're not going there to to be the rule maker, you are going there to let the people who are building that community, who really make it up, become the rule makers and keepers and, and show them what they can do.
1: Thanks, Katie. Any other thoughts on that one?
0: Yeah, just to kind of echo uh, what Katie said. Um, yeah, I think the first thing is, is to talk to, your, to the community you're in and build up those rules or guidelines together, because then it's sort of a, sen- a sense of ownership. Um, and I guess in that, there's also the trust that you'll um, follow the guidelines as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. everyone had a chance to respond to that? Who wanted to So a follow up one to that is then how, how do we avoid excluding people because of either the rules that we put in our community or perhaps thinking about as well? So the, um, does community always exclude some people in order to benefit those within it? And how, um, yeah, perhaps thoughts and things around that, how we get that balance of being inclusive as well.
0: I think um, it's about being adaptable um, and aware that there is no one way to be inclusive. Um, and I think for ev- for everyone, there are you know there are different levels of inclusion and ways to include people. Uh, for example, we've been reviewing the language that we use in church around asking people to stand, um, and we've been asking various people and some people say, well, if you say this, then I feel included, but for others it's something different. Um, and so I think it's an awareness that you'll never be able to include everybody. I mean, that it'd be good if we could, but, um, so I think if you go in with that intention and the willingness to learn and be adaptable as new people join your community and you find new ways of including them. Um, and I guess that's maybe saying we don't have rules, but we have, these guidelines or rules that work for us now but that they could they could change
1: okay thank you any other thoughts around that how do we avoid becoming exclusive
3: i can i just piggyback off (laughs) with adaptability and like i think in community changes ongoing i think if a community kind of reaches a point where they're like these are our rules and this is what we stand for like that's mm. definitely going to exclude people because like that's not going to stay the same forever. Um mm. I I don't think I explained that right. But that's for cool. in the Iona community, it was created a lot of the members that are currently kind of 70, 80, they started it when they were kind of 30, 40 or 20, 30, even. And sometimes it kind of feels like they're like, this is how we did it when we were 20. So this is how you're going to do it when you're 20. And we're kind of like, we're, it's very different when yeah. we're 20 to how you were 20. So we actually need to change. Um, and that change is ongoing. Mm. And it's going to change when we're 80. And there are new 20-year-olds coming <laughs> on. And we just need to listen to that and like yeah. include people by changing it to accept them as well.
0: It's the renewal of things. Okay, yeah.
1: okay. thank you.
4: I think for me, I would say the language, um, I think have stripping it right back to the simplicity of the words, um, to be more childlike in how we speak and the words we use. Because I think if we use words which was like um, Christianese, you know, with certain Christian words, I think it may put off people who are not from a Christian community. And I think so it might leave exclusion and I think also some kind of conflict. And I think by using the back to basic words, um, we can help each other for the common good. Because mm-hmm. we are all created in God's image at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, thanks, S.
2: Anything else to add? They're not asking easy questions. Uh, it's, it's not a one size fits all, and I don't want to get dragged into saying that it is in any way. Uh, because uh being inclusive and being exclusive are wildly different things to start with. Um uh one of the most excluded groups in the UK in, in, in the world for the most part, would be a black lesbian woman who is disabled and in a wheelchair, so those are two different things as well, um, with language difficulties. Um, Now, if we worked to make most of our communities and groups inclusive to that woman, we would also include a lot of other people, but it doesn't mean that that's her preferred safe space. And we shouldn't be trying to mix those things up. And some communities have a right to to say we are maintaining this as a safe and exclusive place for this person so they don't have to feel like they are making rules for everybody else, like they are empowered here, like they are normal here. And to say that all of our spaces need to be the same for everybody is not acknowledging all of our wonderful uniqueness and all the different ways that we're made in the image of God and i think if we all stop and think about our different communities we know whether or not they're inclusive or exclusive and what needs to change in those spaces it is about the compassion and consideration that we've been talking about throughout um and that sounds really lectury and things but uh I, i do believe it's true and i wouldn't try and make my women's shelter inclusive to men and i but i love my open community group that is incredibly inclusive to all different kinds of people Mm
1: -hmm. yeah thanks katie anything else anyone would like to add on on that point
0: yeah i guess um with what katie said it's it's all about the purpose of the community Um, and if it if it's a, a space where you're trying to give people who are marginalized a place where they can be in solidarity with others who share their experience then You know, there is there is great value in that, and people should feel like they can have those exclusive spaces that for them are actually really inclusive because the wider society isn't. Um, and just that yeah, I I think that's okay. And having a community where you share their experiences um that you don't find elsewhere, it can be really important and like life-giving for people.
1: Okay yeah thank you thank you for all of your uh, thoughts on that and thank you for those who sent in the questions it's been really good to, to hear from you as well um so i wanted to ask another question now um to think about some of the the examples of community that we've been on so where have you seen community at its best can you share any examples or stories of community at its best <laughs> katie i can see you really nodding and it looks like you've got something
2: to share. I'm, I'm really, really passionate about uh, my first placement uh, where we formed a group called Friendly Fridays. Um, it sounds really, really cheesy at times and things, but effectively there was time on a Friday, the whole day, to open the community centre and just have it accessible to, to anybody who wanted to come in and find somebody to connect with because social isolation pre-pandemic was still a huge issue. Loneliness was was killing people uh, post its worse but still it was like, we can do this, we've got the space, let's do it. We built it around the five ways of white well-being and um, we said that, you know, we'd really hope that by the six month mark, we had maybe 20 to 30 regulars and within like a month we were hitting 50. Um, and the, the people who came for me, one of the things I really wanted to see was the people who were coming, taking ownership of the space, becoming the volunteers, running it, saying what they wanted and that happened within that two month space and now uh, going back to it uh, people are just so happy to be there people who would never have met or have nothing really in common apart from the shared space are driving each other to the shops meeting up for a coffee on a Tuesday uh, or supporting each other as they go through big life changes and things and it is the most welcoming space I have ever been in and I've looked at my uh, news. Uh, my Facebook feed and I had a note from like two years ago when I was leaving, I was like I'm really sorry to be leaving this place, it's you never leave this place unhappy even if you start the day in a really bad space um, and it's something I'm just incredibly pl- proud of and love and will shout to high heaven about because it's also a really transferable model and it's just beautiful.
1: Thanks Katie, it sounds like a really, a really great example and a good community to be part of. Um, who would like to go next?
4: Um, I, There's there's hundreds of stories I could um, mention um, within the UK and the Netherlands, but I think this time I will speak about um, one of the projects in the Netherlands, which was um, the Strikelingers, which was a, a musical lunch. So there was hundreds of, there was a lot of people um, we have addictions, um, alcoholism, homeless, and so on. And um, so, Friday mornings, they would come to the basements of this building. Um, and we would socialise, chats, um, we would have lunch with each other. And then to top it off, we played songs, um, Dutch songs. English songs, Jamaican songs, any songs from around the world we sing in English, Dutch or the national language of any of these countries. Um, it's just amazing seeing all these people coming live, singing these amazing songs around the world to so many traditions. Um, And as a musician, I actually loved it because... Just using my gift from God's um glorifying him and honoring him while I was working with it alongside these people who have um who are in greater need of myself. So taking them under our wings as leaders and um spreading God's love to them. And we had opportunities to visit um different places around the Netherlands with this project, and also Belgium. And uh, so I can name you name you a couple of things we did um, uh, with that project. So one of them, we went to do a food bank um, in a school at the south of the Netherlands. And we did a, um, I can't think of the word, um, surprise mob is basically Glass the mob. food bank and uh so we did this big su- surprise so we um we were queuing up with these um people who we were using the food bank in this big sc- school um playground and then we um the Bonus started to um play a song and then all of us started singing so it was a big surprise for all these people um, and uh, had a chance to visit Belgium, um, the south of the Netherlands. And then the second um, event we did, which was very powerful for me, um, we visited a, um, a prison complex outside Amsterdam. And, uh, and I, for me, I never visited a prison complex before um always seen one in real life. And it's just amazing how big it was uh, with five big towers with men, women, families, with you know it could be petty crimes, you know, thief to homicide. Um so it's all sorts. And we did two services um in this Complex and these inmates from all different backgrounds um, came to us uh, you know speaking about their lives and we had a chance to do a Christian service in Spanish because there was a lot of Spanish people, Dutch people and Non-English, or you know, um, foreigners that could only speak English. So it was three languages in these two services, and uh, yeah, it was mind-blowing. It was—it's a very spe- special moment, and I would keep that in my memory for the rest of my life. So yeah, it was a gift.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, Ad. It's good to hear um, those different stories as well. Um, thanks for sharing those. And Jack and Maddie, um, have you got any examples then of, yeah, where you've seen community especially, any stories to share?
3: Um, uh, what jumped to mind was quite simple for me, but um, last March 2020, um, I went to um, the Student Christian Movement Weekend, uh, which is a, a weekend where students from across the country um, just go and we do, it's based on a theme. and. It's just a really nice like, group of uh, young Christians who can meet together and meet people from all over the country. Um, and I arrived late because I was working until kind of midday on the Saturday, I think. And I walked in and I'd never been to any SEM events, so I knew a couple of people, but not many. So I was quite apprehensive. Um, and I walked in in the middle of a panel, so they were all facing away from me. But as I walked in, I noticed that so many people had knitting. And I'm a big knitter and it helps me concentrate and like a lot of the time I feel a bit uncomfortable about whether I'm going to be accepted knitting because it does help me but it looks like I'm being rude. And there were just so many people knitting and I was like this is a space that I automatically feel welcome just by what pe- other people are doing and a space that I really want to be a part of and that's made me so happy.
1: That's <laughs> no, really great. Thank you you mentioned yeah so student christian movement scm um know that's something where we've had some links with urc youth with them in the past and i was thinking of you and you were talking about um going to university and finding church community maybe think about yeah our listeners some of our viewers might be preparing to go to university for the first time later um in a few weeks um and yeah scm could be an organization to look at and getting involved in in organizations at at within your university where you can find that community as well
0: so thank you jack um we like didn't plan this but i was also <laughs> going to talk about that weekend um because it was it was an awareness that that, that was the only time that group of people would meet but over the weekend we we formed such a a strong sense of community which in hindsight has become even more special because it was right before the the lockdowns came in um and it's it's just there was that weekend where part of scm met but then there's the national movement um which i've been involved in for a few years and it's just such a valuable community because it's it's one of the a student it's a student christian organization that's explicitly um, inclusive of lgbt people which was for me, a big thing was finding a space where, as a queer person, I would feel welcomed. and SCM provided that space and, you know, facilitated that community. Um, and not only that is that it's very focused on um, social action and justice and putting our faith into action, which um, for me are two like, very important things, inclusion and um, peace and justice. And that weekend was kind of just a gathering of people who all felt the same. And that's very empowering. The, the automatic mic's just gone off again. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. We can still see you. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, I, I think I had finished.
1: That's great. Um, and we're going to be drawing to a close in a minute. But you've talked about you're both members of the, um, the Young Adults group at Iona. How If people wanted to know more about that and things, how could they find out more about the young adults group and about Iona uh,
3: so uh, Iona oh if you google the Iona community, it will come up with their website, um, which has like lots of information about it. Um, but we also have Twitter and the young adults group specifically has our own twitter. We're not very active. I think i'm in charge <laughs> and i'm not very good at twitter but <laughs> we do have one and um, so you could follow that and um we do like some live streams and stuff from the church and um, which goes out on the twitter um
0: yeah um it's just a space for for young adults um who who you know share values of, of justice and are interested in the Iona community as a wider organization so yeah I'd say probably the, the website iona.org.uk is the best place okay. the twitter is at iona yag so a <laughs> <the> full plug <laughs> I didn't even know that
1: thank you yeah so do check that out as well we will share um things as well on the Trilog Facebook page so that people can can um can find out where to go um, Saz has talked about Mission House as well. Mission House has actually come to an end um, in 2019, so there aren't, um, it's no longer running as a project, but it was ran by Council for World Mission, who still have opportunities. And those, if you listen to last month, we had um, uh, Dylan Hunt, who talked about his experiences of World Church through CWM. So, again, although Mission House isn't running, there's still lots of opportunities through Council for World Mission. Um, that you can check out um, as well. URC is a member um, of Council World Mission for World Mission. So if you do a search for them online, you can see their opportunities. Katie, tell us how people can find out more about CRCW.
2: So many ways. Um, I keep an eye out on the church related community work Facebook page and um, we run road shows. Uh, once a year where you can go and you can meet CRCWs and talk to them about their different projects and things. There's information available on the URC website. I'm not sure where it is at the moment because a lot of things have moved around over the past year. Um, Or You can always contact one of us. Uh, There's 16 of us pretty much and we're very easy to find because we all put crcw after our name online um, because we're very egotistical and um, you specifically you could contact steve summers through urc church house and he will be happy to talk to you at any time and um, i really do recommend looking into it as a form of ministry if you feel called in that direction but are not entirely sure the pulpits for you then do look at this as a form of ministry it is valid and fun and wonderful and creative and uh, every day is holy.
1: Okay, thank you. Um, That brings us to the end of our discussion this evening. So I wanna say a massive thank you to all of our panelists this evening and for sharing your experiences. It's been good to to hear about your experiences of community. We hope that for those who've been watching um, and listening that it has been useful for you um, as well um, as a conversation. So um, next month Trialogue will be back and in September we will be looking at the theme of climate change. Um, We're in the build-up to um, COP in November in Edinburgh um, and URC are dedicating the whole month of September URC youth to think about climate change. So on the third Thursday of September, um, which is 16th of September, we will have three panellists talking about um, that theme of climate change. So do. Um, tune in then to find out more and to get involved in that conversation so that brings us to the end tonight Um, I'm going to invite Saz now to close in prayer for us
4: let's pray we thank you for the gift of hope our strength from times of trouble beyond the injustice of our time its cruelties and its wars we look forward to a world at peace where men and women deal kindly with each other and no one is afraid. Every bad deed delays its coming, every good one brings it nearer. May our lives be your witness so that future generations bless us. May the day come as a prophet taught, when the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. Help us to pray for it, to rape for it, to work for it, and to be worthy of it. Blessed are you, Lord our God, sovereign of the universe. And our God and the God of our fathers, we thank you for teaching us how to save each other and ourselves, to give and to receive and to support each other on life's journey. There's no limits to our ancestors. For there is no limit to the goodness we can do. There is no joy we cannot have. For there is no end to given. There's no heights we cannot attain. For we were created to need each other's love and understanding. The doors of heaven are open to all mankind. So let us share our blessings and enter it. Bless God's whom we are called to bless, and bless us to be God's whom we are called to bless forever and ever. And let us say, Amen. Amen. Okay.
1: Thank you, everybody. Thanks for watching, and good night.